Welcome to Woodland Church. Here is today's message. We're going to open the word, but before we do that, we're going to pray, okay? So let's pray. Father, as we open your word now, will you guide us? Will you help us? Would you speak to us by your Holy Spirit? Help us to have ears to hear and hearts to understand and be willing to let you meddle with us, to challenge us, to direct us, and to lead us close to you. We pray and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Mark chapter 10, please? Mark chapter 10. If you don't have your Bibles, I believe that the uh, scripture passage will also be on the screen, Mark chapter 10, this is a, uh, an account of what happened uh, one day in Jesus' life and ministry, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to begin reading at the 17th verse of Mark chapter 10, and I'm going to ask you if you would please to stand for the reading of God's word this morning. I like to have people do that. It's a reminder to me, to you, to all of us that this is the word of the Lord, not the word of the preacher. So Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 17. Mark records for us these words. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not for God, with God, for all things are possible with God. And Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold. Now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Amen. You may be seated. Excuse me. So here's a guy with a problem. He, he has something that he's facing. He, he's, he's doing all the stuff that he knows to do. All the, all the ways he's supposed to live right and do good. But he, he has this sense inside of him that there is something else. 
Something, there's a hunger there for something more, something fuller, something deeper. Because even though he has all he needs of the material stuff of this world, and even though he's respected and seen as upright by the people around him, eternity looms on his mind. The Bible says God has put eternity in the hearts of everybody. There's, there's something inside of us that we, we can understand that there's something that comes after what's going on right now. Uh-huh. And, and this guy, he was sensing that. I, maybe somebody that he knew had passed away and it kind of had, had come home to him. I'm going to have to face that one day too. Maybe I, We don't know. We don't, but somehow, some way, it had come very close to home to him. I have to be ready because I'm going to stand in front of God one day and I'm not sure I'm ready. And that's a problem because that's the one thing you don't want to wonder about. You don't want to just kind of be wishy about that, wishy-washy about that. You, you want to know when you stand before God, he's going to say, welcome home rather than depart from me. I don't know you. You, don't want, you want to be real clear about that. Very clear. And this guy was not clear. You know what? You can, you can look right. And you guys, you guys look great today. You did, you did a fine job grooming yourself before you came today. You can be accepted by the people around you. You can do all kinds of good things. But eternity is forever. And you're either prepared or you're not. I saw a t-shirt one time, and I, man, I wish I'd have bought it. You know, you kind of look back and say, man, I wish I'd have bought that t-shirt. It said, it's not that life is so short, but that you're dead for so long. Eternity is forever. You're either ready or you're not. And so this guy, he knew Jesus in some way. We have no idea how or why, but Jesus was traveling around. He was preaching, he was teaching. And so there was, there was a lot of people that were familiar with him. And so he recognized that here's a guy who may be able to address this, this lack, this need, this something inside of me that's just not okay as I think about eternity. And so he comes, it says he fell at Jesus' feet on his knees. Now, here's a guy He's got, some, he's got some money in the bank. He's, he's well known. He, he, he doesn't just go fall on his knees in public in front of people very often. And, you know, some people could look at that and say, well, <laughs> boy, that's a little dramatic, isn't it? Kind of theatrical, uh, making a big deal. Out of, okay, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, friends, and not be too judgmental and say, you know what? Maybe he's just really passionate about this sense inside of him. I have to have this settled. I have to have it settled. He says, good teacher, what do I have to do? What must I do to inherit each? How do I know for certain? my eternal standing before God, that I'm going to go to heaven and not go to hell. And Jesus, he did not overtly claim divinity here. Well, son, let me tell you. Uh, He referenced what God had already said in the Ten Commandments. You know the commandments? This is what you're supposed to do? And he says, all these I've kept since I was a boy. And and, and there's there's an implied question there. Why? Why do I not have peace? What is, what is this aching realization inside that there's more? Where, where, is, where is that coming from? 
I love the fact that says Jesus looked at him and he loved him. He loved him. He did not berate him because of his lack of understanding. The man was acting according to the, the common understanding of the people in his culture. That if you, if you go to synagogue, temple, church, uh, if, you, if you do the right things, if you keep the Torah, the, the commandments, everything's fine. He was, he was living that out. Jesus did not review with this man the fact that nobody, nobody has kept the law of God perfectly other than Jesus himself. He looked at him and he loved him. He loved him. He loved him just as he loves us through all of our faltering, failing inconsistencies, all of our issues that we face. He loves us when we're not very lovely. He loves us when we display our ignorance our pride, our self-centeredness. He loved this man, and he loves us. What, a, what an amazing truth. If nobody else in all of your whole life loves you, Jesus loves you. And he's never going to love you more than he loves you right now because he already loves you that much. And the stuff that you do when you hate yourself, Jesus still loves you. When you look at yourself and say, what a disgusting, horrible creature I am, Jesus says, I love you. I love you. I love you. I want you to come near to me. What an amazing truth. But even though Jesus loved this guy as he was, he still called the man to a deeper realization, a, a deeper life of relationship. And, and that's really what was going on inside of this guy. There's, there's something here. He was recognizing this need for a deep relationship rather than, than just going through motions, rather than just rule following. I don't know if you're a rule follower. Some people are rebels and some people are rule followers. And, and, and the rule followers tend to say, you know what, I don't, I don't want anybody to be mad at me. Um, and I don't, especially the teacher or the person in charge. And so I'm just going to toe the line. I'm going to do the right stuff. And everybody's going to like me because I don't want anybody not to like me. And life is easier that way. And so if you're a rule follower, man, you, you, I'm sure you kind of connect with this guy. You know, I've, I've done all this stuff. I've, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rule following to the best that I know how. Yeah. And Jesus called him to more. This aching need inside is the recognition for actual fellowship, relationship with God, more than just rule following. Because, yes, God calls us to do certain things and to act in certain ways, but more than rule following, what he wants is relationship. God is a God of relationship, and what he longs for you to know is him in relationship, way more than just following all his rules. The Bible is not a list of rules. It is a pathway to relationship. So, Jesus said, one thing you lack. Go, sell everything you have, give to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. This is Jesus calling this man to what he had said earlier. We have recorded in Mark chapter 8. In Mark chapter 8, verse 34 and 35, it says, uh, he, he told the crowds, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. So let's just kind of break that down a little bit. When he said deny yourself. Uh, that, that implies the word surrender. Deny yourself is surrender. Surrender. 
here in this passage, Jesus told the man, go and sell everything you have. Whoa, go sell everything you have? Wow. And Jesus is saying, stop trusting in you. Stop doing things your way. Stop trying to figure things out according to your methods. Stop that. Surrender that. Let go of that. And then he said, take up your cross. That, that implies submission. Taking up your cross. Uh, the cross is something you die on. It is, okay, when you die on a cross, there's no coming, up, there's no coming back from that. I mean, Jesus did it. But, but uh, in, in their day, in their culture, nobody, nobody was doing it. That wasn't a common practice. You, know, you die on a cross, you're dead. So what is he saying? Submission. Let go to the point of dying to all of your old way, all of your self-centered living, all of you calling the shots. Jesus said to this man, give all the proceeds to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Now I have a question about that statement. Why would he have treasure in heaven? Was it because of the amount that he was able to give? I mean, he was, he was rich. Was it because he was rich and he could help a whole bunch of poor people rather than just a few poor people? No, that's not it at all. He wouldn't have treasure in heaven because he had treasure on earth to give away. It was, because, it was the act of surrender. Surrendering self. Death to pride. In service and obedience to Jesus, that is going to buy treasure in heaven for this guy and for any of us. So, Jesus then said, follow me. And that's a word that calls us to service. I find it very interesting. He said, go sell your stuff, give the money to the poor, then come and follow me. Uh, think about that. that. That is the invitation. That's the invitation he gave to the rest of his disciples. Come and follow me. You know, this guy could have become the next disciple of Jesus. Come follow me. Hmm. It's joining with Jesus in his life, his work, his ministry. But those other two things have to happen first. That's the price tag. You see, relationship with God is free. Because of the horrible sacrifice that Jesus went through on Calvary's cross, we just celebrated it in communion. He purchased relationship with God for all of us. What a wonderful truth that is. That's great. And everybody can, can come who wants to come to know Jesus. But there is a price tag. And Jesus answered this man with straight-up truth about what is involved in knowing and being confident in eternity that looms in front of every single one of us. And when he told him, the man's face fell. He gulped. He swallowed. He stood up on his feet. Remember, he came and knelt on his knees in front of everybody. He took an honest look at who he was and what he had and what the cost required was going to be, and he just could not bring himself to pay it. And he sadly turned around and walked away. 
And he's probably much more miserable then than he had been before. And you know something? Jesus did not chase after that guy. Wait, 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 you don't understand what you're... Mm -mm. He let him go. He let him go. He looked at his disciples and said this amazing truth, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now that statement flew in the face of prevailing understanding in that culture where they said, you know, the, the wealth and the, and the riches that you have, those are blessings from God. And so if you have more of those, you're more blessed. Whereas if you have less, God probably is not very pleased with you. And so he's, he's making you poorer to help you to rely on him more and come closer to him. So then he'll bless you and you'll have more stuff. The disciples were amazed. And Jesus, in emphasis, repeats himself. Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. That doesn't happen very often. I'd like to point out. Than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Why is that? I mean, friends, in, in comparison to the rest of the world, you and I, we're rich people. We better read this passage very carefully. How hard it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because we trust in our riches rather than in our Redeemer. The, the declaration Jesus said about the camel and the needle thing, um, this astounded the disciples. It rocked their entire perception. It's, who then can be saved? That's exactly the point. Who can be saved? If, if a guy who's so blessed that he's so wealthy and is also serious about keeping the Torah, as he said, I've kept all these since I was a boy. And if he's not ready for eternity, who in the world can be ready for eternity? Exactly. Jesus said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. With God all things are possible. The truth is nobody goes to heaven because they deserve to go to heaven. Nobody goes to heaven because they earn their way to heaven. Nobody is good enough. The Bible is very clear on that. Nobody's good enough. We all stand alike in need of a Savior to save us because we cannot save ourselves. So we're going to wrap this up and say, what is God saying to you today? Because it's all well and good to talk about this rich guy and, and you know, he should have. He really, he blew it that time, didn't he? Boy, yeah, that's, that's really something. Mm -mm -mm. Shouldn't have done that. Let's go home, have lunch. Whenever you open the word, you have to ask yourself, what is God saying to me? Think about that very carefully. Why, why in the world did he bring you to this today and we open this passage of scripture? Why does, why does he have you here today? What is he saying to you? And then the question comes, well, what are you going to do about that? I mean, if God is saying something to you, you have a choice, just like this guy had a choice. What are you, what are you going to do? When Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, surrender, submit, and serve, and he says that to you. See, you are the rich man in this passage. You're that guy. Here you are, you, you, you come to church. Thank you for that, that's good. 
It, it implies that there is some sort of an impulse inside of you to want to know God and follow Him or at least be accepted by Him. You're the rich guy. And Jesus is calling you to follow Him. But He's also calling you to surrender, to submit, and to serve. And I ask you this morning, are you trying to follow Jesus on your terms? Or are you willing to follow him on his terms? Surrender, submit, and serve. Because that's his terms. If you're going to be with me, this is what it looks like. You're free to come because of the price that Jesus paid. But if you're going to walk with Jesus, that's what it looks like. So what's holding you back? What, 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 what holds you back from being willing to serve Jesus with absolute abandonment? God, here is my life. Here is everything about me. Here's my personality. Here is my health. Here is my stuff. Here is my future. Here is the person I'm, I may marry someday or may not. Here is where I'm going to live. I'm giving this to you, God. You do with it exactly what pleases you most. What holds you back from that right there? You see, you get to choose whether you will hold on to the stuff that's keeping you back or you will walk in surrendered devotion to Jesus into all that he has of relationship with him. Choose wisely. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you help us today? Help us not to just Open your word, think for a couple of minutes, and go home unchanged. I pray that you would speak to us about where we are, really. Would you help us, Jesus, to think very carefully about what you're calling us to? Help us be willing to serve you on your terms rather than our terms. I pray for this church family, Lord, and ask that you would direct them into what this needs to look like for them as individuals and as a church family and whatever you want to do. I pray in the quietness of this moment, there would be a, a willingness to do what this young man was not willing to do. A willingness to say, here I am, Lord. I surrender everything to you. I submit myself completely to you. I will serve you exactly where you want me and how you want me to serve. And I pray, Lord, that that would be the reality of our relationship with you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.